Welcome into episode 108 of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski here on this uh, Monday afternoon. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Appreciate everybody being in the stream with us, the Cooper Chevrolet stream. Really appreciate that. Um, yeah, got, uh, Jeff Collins will join us in a few minutes. We'll review our picks over the weekend and um, get ready for what should be a really big pivotal weekend and multiple leagues, SEC included. No doubt. Uh, before we get started, I want to remind everybody that uh, joining us in the Cooper Chevrolet chat that during September you get 3.9% financing for 72 months on the new Chevy Silverado Crew Cab. And guess what, Neil? What's that? No payments for 90 days. Get you all the way to Christmas right there. All the way. Go to cooperchevrolet.com. Check them out. Cooper Chevrolet, Buick, and Aniston. This show, as always, brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve all of your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Make sure you communicate with those guys. Make sure you tell them, please, for us, tell them how much you appreciate them making this show possible. All right, Neil, for about 10 years now, and it's, you know, it's a hell of a week for this sponsorship to start, but for 10 years, I've been getting trolled. Usually about once every three to four days is probably a good, a good pace for 10 years about some binocular use that I may have may or not participated in about 10 years ago this week. And Neil, guess what? Finally paid off. The joke is on the trolls because starting today. Yeah. Starting today, Neil, we have a new sponsor. Bushnell. Welcome to the show, Bushnell. They're known for quality optics for over 70 years in hunting, shooting, and tactical categories. They sell a variety of optics, products ranging from rifle scopes, sporting scopes, and yes, binoculars that's right neil what i was using 10 years ago today was a great pair of bushnell binoculars they are crystal clear from 100 yards away i know they are crystal clear from exactly 100 yards away they can pretty much see everything so uh neil is going to provide you guys a link and it's right uh it's, it's right there it's in, in the, there in the in the chat it's in the cooper chevrolet chat so we got the link in the chat Make sure you guys go check it out. Golf, they got golf, got everything. Um, good stuff. Welcome Bushnell to the show. Absolutely. How about my girl Kelsey? First show on first show on Disrupt Media. I made the joke. I said we need to get a Bushnell sponsorship out of this. And she got it done. So shout out to Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey. You're the best. She's the best. All right. So Bushnell, welcome aboard. Did you have a good weekend? I did, man. Um Went to uh, went to the Chargers and Tupelo game on Friday night. Didn't go so well for the old home team. That's what Carson told me. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Um, Tupelo's good. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, did that. And then uh, Saturday, I did it, Neil. I made my return trip. Went to the Grove for the first time. I never went when I coached, even because I was always with recruits. I never saw it. Never did the Walk of Champions or anything like that because I was always with recruits. So, Got to do that and uh, really enjoyed it. Really did. I had some um, family friends. I'm not going to mention names because I think some of them are in here. But 
had some family friends and then uh, a couple of uh, boosters that I was really close with when I was at Ole Miss, still friends with, um, that was close and friends of the program. It was they have like a shared area or ten or whatever. So got to visit with those guys, went to the ball game on Saturday night. I still don't like going to ball games. I, I, I don't like it. My kids did because um, my kids are Ole Miss fans, so they enjoyed it. But I don't enjoy watching uh, ball games, but I watched it, did what we did, uh, and went back and forth between that and on my phone and watched uh, some games on my phone while I was in the – when the 10 minutes of timeouts that we had, TV timeouts, every five seconds when the chains were malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> you can only imagine how pissed off your boy was getting at the chains. <laughs> Dude, they did a TV timeout every time. I mean, I was like, come on, guys. You know what the best part was? I mean, just go get the old chains. Coach, they, they had 20 minutes at halftime. And when the first play of halftime, they come out, they had chain malfunction. Like, right, I lost it. Like, what are we doing at halftime? Hand raised guy, hey, guys, so we've had a problem with this in the first half. Let's make sure we got the chains fixed before we start the second half. Nope. Nope. So that caused, that caused plenty of stuff there. But uh, anywho, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Checking on my guy, make sure he's good to go. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was good. Uh, oldest was home for the weekend. Um, hung out with her as much as I could. And then uh, spent some time with them on Saturday before I had to go cover a game. And then was reminded about how much I just don't like night games from a work standpoint because I'm tired. I get to midnight and I'm beat. I'm just not used to that anymore. I mean, those days are over. So I, I spent yesterday praying Literally, that LSU and Ole Miss next weekend would not be the eight fifteen game, which, by the way, won't start till eight thirty. It is. They did announce the time. Yeah, it's Ole Miss and LSU's five. Alabama, Mississippi State is eight thirty, and so hey, you didn't, you didn't congrats, <laughs> congrats to you guys at Mississippi State. You get it. That's the nightmare. I'm not talking about for fans. I'm talking about for media. That's when you got to work five o'clock, it's fine. Eight fifteen nightmare nightmare i was so I'm, I'm i'm relieved more relief than anything else it's tough on coaches too oh dude i mean could jeff i don't know if jeff jeff got a hold of him let's see where my man is today i always like the jeff gear your producing skills are immaculate there he is look at him. i knew you had some gear on oh i like that <laughs> The Minister of Mayhem himself, Jeff Collins, joins us today on McCready and Siski. How we doing, brother? Doing great, man. Doing great. You just how much gear do you have? You just I've never seen you wear the same shirt twice in my life. I got a lot, man. Got a little Mayhem Ministries hat on. I like vintage it. Broncos t shirt. So ready to roll. Let's go. I like it. I like it. I know uh we'll get you started because I know you got a lot to do today. Um I know you had a great weekend, but Big game this weekend at SEC, Tennessee and Florida. And here's the question. I want to get this to you. Is what I think we both knew that Tennessee and Florida was going to be a defensive game. Um, I don't know if we both thought it was going to be that dominant. Let's talk about a little bit about the about Austin Armstrong and the uh, performance they put on a defense uh, Saturday night yeah. in Gainesville. Yeah, I thought, I, and I watched uh, – Neil, you like this. I watched that game on the uh, – iPad riding my Peloton today and uh, the all 22 coaches copy and uh, just seeing from play one till the very end, uh, the plan that Austin had 
um, you know, just clogging up the middle of the run game uh, on rundowns, taking away the screens, not letting anything behind them. Uh, and then on third down, he cut it loose and did some uh, exotic pressures and uh, those kind of things. So I, I thought he had a great plan. Uh, I was so happy for uh, Billy Napier. Uh, Scott Strickland, the athletic director, uh, was just so happy for them that they got that uh, win in the swamp over Tennessee. They and, needed that uh, one. Yep. They needed that it one. Was, I thought it was big for them. And, uh, you know, Rob Sales, one of my closest friends, the offensive coordinator, you know, I thought he did a great job just top to bottom, the game plan that they had uh, versus that explosive offense that Tennessee has um, as an entire team. And that swamp was rocking. Rocking. What it, I found it uh, – I got a lot of heat. I didn't tell you this. Got a lot of heat last week. Matter of fact, it was Monday after you had gotten off the show. I got a lot of heat about my my Tennessee take that I said that Joe Milton was, what, you know, just wasn't a guy. That was my take. Yes. Got a lot of heat. Boy, those people disappeared Saturday. You, can, you can't find them. Isn't that funny how that happens? You can't find them on social media right now. It's almost like I, it's almost like, like I said exactly what was going to happen. You also got a lot of heat for saying that Florida was going to be okay. Nope. I don't know anything what I'm talking about. Don't know nothing. Nope. Yeah, and I, I, it just the, the Austin Armstrong thing, you know, being on social media mm -hmm. when that job was open and my mentions start, you know, hitting up because of the success that we had when I was there. Uh, but just uh, I've gotten to know Austin, respect him, and uh, I don't know if there's a bigger Austin Armstrong fan uh, out in college football than me right now. Yeah, he's he's getting he's he's got them going. They dominated that game. Um, I know you would be very, very proud. I can't talk today. I must. I need some rain. You'd be very proud, but your guy Graham Mertz played played pretty good. He was okay. Yeah, he played. That's that's how he has to play for them to win. Let me. I know it's not on our, our list, but I'm gonna touch on the game. I, I rode the Peloton watching this game live on Saturday. I watched LSU Mississippi State, and my take on the Tigers all all preseason that I got you got beat messed up. with. I didn't beat you up. <clears throat> not so fast. Be not careful. So fast, Be careful, friends. everybody. There's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance your boy might have. This squirrel might have found an acorn. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Hey, you know this. They everybody talks about Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors, and Malik Neighbors was a badass on on Saturday. But that LSU defense, it's got some dudes now, and if you got speed yeah. like that. You can do some things. Everybody talks about the back end of it, and maybe there's you, you guys know more than I do. But that front seven has dudes in it, and if you if you get behind the chains with them. It's over. They'll they'll eat you alive, man, because you can't block all those cats. No. And Harold Perkins was I mean, back. And there are days <laughs> where Perkins Perkins is out there and Mason Smith is out there, and there are times that neither one of them are the most dominant guy in the front seven, and that's not a knock on them. They've got dudes. You have to stay ahead of the chains against them. You 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 must keep them. You gotta go second and five, third and two to have a shot against LSU. And that's before you even talk about their offense. And I, I thought Jaden Daniels was terrific on Saturday. I agree. All right, you know I got. You know we got to talk about this. All right, with mine and your background. Also Saturday at two thirty, the Alabama Crimson Tide went down to Tampa to play South Florida. Yep. So I watched I, it. I watched the game until it got to the rain delay, and then I went had just enough time to. I left my house, parked my car, and got to where I was going in the Grove, and they had it up. I actually watched the rest of the game. Um. 
with bourbon though. So you're you're yes you're, with bourbon. Your and post was, your second half takes are not going to be as as uh, clear as the first. Yeah, it, half. And it was good bourbon too. Um, shout out. Um, crazy question. Okay. Do you think Tommy Reese wishes he was back at Notre Dame coaching <laughs> Sam Hartman? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've been, I, I've experienced what he's experiencing right now. Um, you know, I know there's, you know, sometimes you, you get a, your dream job or a big time um, spot at a big time place and you get there and the roster is not quite what you thought it was going to be. Or, um, you know, I, I don't know if he knew what the quarterback situation was, what the offensive line situation was. Um, but it was, you know, we both love coach so much and have so much respect. Uh, it was at times it was, it was painful to watch, you know, and uh, you know, I, I know that the, the uh, once you get somewhere and haven't really done the vetting to find out what the roster is really like or some issues that are there. So I don't know that he's going through that, but it's real. Jeff, what's the bigger issue for Alabama right now? It's a quarterback game, obviously. If you've got a great quarterback, you got a shot. If you don't, things get hard. But their offensive line play is pretty shaky, really, at both tackles, not getting not getting a ton of push in the middle. I mean, everyone keeps doing the dynasty is dead, the dynasty is dead, and I'm like, that's not really the issue. The issue is they don't have the dudes up front right now to do some of the things that they've been able to do in the past. I thought they ran the ball okay, but they can't protect the passer no matter who the passer is. Right, and I, I think there's a guy that asked Lane Kiffin that question uh, the other day about the quarterback situation, and uh, Lane you know, obviously admitted that Bryce is not there anymore, you know, and Jameer's not there anymore, and um, you know, there's a bunch of first rounders, but, um, it, it's a lot of things that have gone into it. Um, you know, that makes it tough to watch right now. Dude, that was, that was hard to watch. Well, they're going to go with Milrow starting Saturday against Ole Miss. They don't have a choice, but the interesting thing with that game, and we'll talk about it more as the week goes on. The interesting thing with that game is going to be what Ole Miss does defensively, because Ole Miss did not play particularly well defensively last week, and they gave up some big hmm. they gave up some big chunk yards to uh, to Georgia Tech. Haynes King had a good game. There was there was some, um, and Georgia Tech left some points on the on the scoreboard in the first in the first half that could have made that game more interesting. You could say Ole Miss did too. They dropped a touchdown, but they went back to back drives. I, I kind of washed those out yeah. because. He, they had the fourth and two that they could have converted or didn't convert, but then Ole Miss dropped a touchdown on, on the preceding drive, Trig. Right. Now, I didn't watch the replay. It looked like he should have called it from where I was sitting. I thought so. Okay, so maybe somebody saw something on TV, but I thought he should have called it where I was at. But Georgia Tech was able to possess the football. They were able to roll up almost 500 yards of offense, like 477, I think. I'm interested to see whether Alabama can replicate some of that and then get the big chunk plays. Because if you can get the big chunk plays at home, at, you're, you're going to have a – they're probably going to need a couple of those, I'm guessing, against Ole Miss. They got to figure out what – I can go ahead and tell you what, any coach that watches these two teams play, if you're Alabama, they are going to run outside zone. Okay? That's one, one, that's one of their bread and butters. But in the game that I was watching on Saturday, every time Georgia Tech ran outside zone – they were gashing their ass. Now they got away from it, and they tried to get – and they did a lot of stuff uh, formationally, moving things around that really you could see it. That's one thing I couldn't ever see on TV that you can see in person. 
they were having a very difficult time in the back end communicating with shifts and motions and everything else. And that defense, as Jeff knows, a lot of communication has to go on the back end. And that's just lack of reps. You know, they'll get it as time goes on. But um, you're going to see that on Saturday. But, dude, that was bad in Tampa. Bad ball in Tampa. So, And I said it, you know, two weeks ago when Ole Miss was getting ready to go to Tulane, going to the group of five level when you're used to playing in front of 100-plus is different. But, there, you know, obviously there's no excuse for, you know, the, the way it looked. But – it, it's tough to go in those environments. Yeah, the it would look like an Alabama home game. There was it was way more Alabama fans there than there were South Florida fans. That's played in Raymond James uh, stadiums where they play their home games. But I'm sure, they tore that field up nice and nice and good for uh, Justin Fields. Seemed to struggle because of all the that was why he struggled the next day because the turf was bad. So you guys have <laughs> you guys have both been at Alabama. You've worked for Saban. What's what's this week? going to be like there coming off of a performance like that where things were not up to their – y'all talk about the standard a lot. I'm going to guess that did not meet the standard. I, I feel safe in assuming that. So what's <laughs> – what's uh, what does this week – what's this week look like? I mean, they've got a team coming in that I think is capable of beating them. You want to take that one, yeah. Jeff? <laughs> yeah, I know uh, to, yesterday was not fun, you know, and the plane ride back was, was probably not an enjoyable uh, plane ride back. Uh, for for obviously anybody, um, but it's you know it, it's it's fourth and one right now uh, <laughs> all day every day, brother. It's, he is. The, I've said this on this show before, so I, not when Jeff's on here, but he is the best in the business. Like you, when I got there, when you lose, you think that oh, it's going to be. I mean, he's this bad when we win. It's going to be so much worse when you lose. It's literally the opposite. Like when you lose, it is just. It's the best week in the building. I mean, it's laid back. It's not laid back, but he's cool. But, brother, if you win, and and particularly if you win and you didn't play well and you won, it's the oh, worst. worst. It's the worst. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, it was a rough day, in the, rough day in the building for all the people in the organization yesterday. So what do you expect from them bouncing back? Do you, I mean, is it, is, are, is it there to be fixed? I mean, they don't look like a team that can make – so far, through three games, they don't look like the team that can make that kind of run. I mean, I, I think there's there's at least two teams in the SEC that I think are head and shoulders better than them. All right, I've had, Jeff, I want to see what you think about this. I've had, a, I've had a day or so to think about this. All right, this is the way I see it, and please feel free to disagree. The last four quarterbacks that Alabama has had have been first-round picks. Yeah. Okay, or not technically Jalen Hurts was not first-round, but he's Jalen Hurts, right? Sure. All right. But before that is where you got to go back. So you got to go Jake Coker, Blake Sims, AJ McCarron, Greg McElroy. All right. Those guys were not dynamic quarterbacks as far as like now AJ put up numbers and finished, you know, he, he took care of the ball and those things. But they were technically not going just to beat you by themselves. But the difference was is when they were playing quarterback, Alabama at, you know, Jake Coker could line up and turn around and hand it to this guy that was wearing number two, yeah. and his last name was Derek Henry. Right. And you had an offensive line that would maul people. Okay? Before that, you had T.J. Yeldon, Kenyon Drake, Damian Harris, da-da-da-da-da. We can just go on forever. Sure, yeah. Okay? Right now, Alabama does not have an offensive line that can carry the quarterback. And so – you're able, you're giving up all these sacks because they're teeing off on them because there's no threat of like the play action. If we can stop your run, your play action is not going to be open. 
You want to go seven-man protection, congratulations. You want to go seven-man protection because we're not biting because you're not running the ball effectively. So I think that's the difference in this team and then back then. If they were extremely dominant up front, offensive line-wise, I don't think they'd be skipping a beat. I don't think it would matter who the quarterback is besides Buckner. He was terrible. But, you know, it was – I don't know. That's my opinion. What do you think, Jeff? I was going to say the same thing. It's just the – you know, going into it, I thought the offensive line was going to be a strength, and it's not played out that way. And when that's not the strength, it's going to, you know, when you can double some of those receivers and not having to load the box and all those things, it, it, it's it's a tough day at the office. Yeah. I mean, that's – I mean, the guys, guys are getting cutting. I think you were talking about it earlier, but you get the left tackle. He's getting speed rushed. He cannot – he can't stop a speed rush. That's a problem if you play left tackle to SEC and you're having a tough time with the speed rush. Yeah. Problems. Okay? The right tackle can't redirect his feet, so he's getting up and under all day long. I mean, they were just getting – I mean, it was almost like – you know what it felt like watching that game? If I felt like I was watching an offensive line that did not practice. And they come out there and you see a bunch of movement and stunts and stuff, and they just looked unprepared. Well, I'm going to assume they practiced. So, I, I guarantee so, you they did. So, so that's it, what I'm saying. So it's a talent thing. I don't – it's a lack of execution, lack of execution, and getting the job done. It's not. I don't think it's that they can't get it done. Now they're not going to be dominant road graders, right? Right. But they're still talented kids. It's just they got a. It's a playing hard. Like I didn't see. You know how we talked about last week about the playing hard thing. Like I thought the SEC was down probably because there's a lot of teams that aren't playing hard like they used to. Right. They didn't play. They're not playing very hard up front. Not, not as a collective. There are individuals, but there are people that I didn't think played very hard. And, that, and I see that Tyler watching, just watching games over and over and over, especially the coaches copy is it, it's a, it's an epidemic right now. Yeah. You know, just the, the lack of swarming to the ball and 11 hats just flying, trying to get there uh, at all costs. You don't just around college football right now, you're not seeing that uh, on every game that you turn on. So what do you attribute Sometimes, that? What do you attribute that to Jeff? I don't know. It's just, you know, uh, there's the worry and, you know, Tyler and I have used this phrase uh, to each other because we heard it so much, is the, the independent contractors. You know, you get independent contractors that aren't, you know, didn't, weren't born and raised loving this institution or this school or, you know, whatever it is, or trying to um, show their efforts so they can get paid when they go to the NFL. A lot of them are getting paid now. You know, and it's just it's just interesting to, you know, to watch, you know, how much the game has changed in just, you know, three, four years. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of it's noticeable uh, when you watch the coaches copy. Um, and th- this is around the country, not just not just yeah. coaches. Team. It's just not the it's just something that's that's missing a little bit. If you right now you could have a above average talented team. Okay, above average talent. If you can get twenty two guys playing their ass off, you'd yep. win. You'd win damn near every game. That's how big of a difference it is. Like you, I mean, Jeff knows, and this Jeff, this was my opinion last week. You wasn't on the show when we were talking about it, but okay. my my point was, I don't think coaches can coach kids as hard as they used to, and you can't hold playing time against them as accountability pieces. And so you're seeing these loafs stack up in games because they can't sit them down because they're going to go hit the button and go to the transfer portal. I had a lot of uh, – I had BYU Arkansas on my computer in Vaught-Hemingway on Saturday. 
And I thought BYU won the game because they out-efforted Arkansas. Yeah. That's they, what, 100%. Arkansas had speed advantage everywhere and, and, and took advantage of it early. And BYU, I think Arkansas thought at 14 nothing BYU would roll over, and that's not who they are. And they played really hard. Out of, out of interest to that point, I turned on the South Alabama Kane Womax team. I turned on that tape just to watch that tape to see how they did it. Those dudes were playing hard. Both sides of the ball, they were flying around. There was 11 dudes just giving ridiculous effort at all times. And, uh, you, know, you know, obviously I know Kane and think the world of him, but just watching that team play, physical, violent, swarming to the football, second and third efforts, you know, that, that's the kind of ball I like. I mean, we're all partial to him. We're friends. We're biased. So there's your there. Those are your caveats. We're, <laughs> we're we're big Kane Womack fans. He comes on our show every Thursday. Love the guy. People, ads, boosters, whoever the people are, the decision makers at places are going to start watching them. They're on the they're on the radar. They're going to watch them and go, "How do we recreate that culture? How do we get our guys to play like that?" Because I mean, look. Not, no knock on his guys, but it's a Sunbelt team. He's not full of five stars. Right. And and so and that's not a criticism. It's just reality. And they are quick you clients, though. That, they're good. <laughs> they're, they're good good players, good kids. But <clears throat> but but you know what you see my point. I mean, look, that's you gotta you're gonna try to find that. I think unless you are one of these superpower recruiting, you know, Georgia, LSU, where you can go out and get whoever the hell you want. Right, you still got to build culture, but you know what I mean. You got you get dudes. If you're at a place that traditionally doesn't get all of those dudes, guys like Kane, people are gonna want to talk to him. How did you? How are you doing? What you're doing? Does that translate to the P5 level? Could you do it at a high level in the SEC, in the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, whatnot? It was a it was a big night for for his career. Yeah, and then and, and the other piece, just watching NFL tape. You watch the NFL play; those dudes play hard. Every single snap, they are playing just lights out, and they have to. And because they know, get fired, the educational teaches just you know showing the NFL tape, showing how hard they play to some of the guys, you know, because because that's what it takes to play at that level. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, dude, I appreciate the hell out of you. You've been like super generous for your time today. We got off the rails right there. Um, Sorry, it's my fault. I always do it. No, well, we're we're pretty good at it's it. It's a lack of discipline on my part. You know what I mean. I, <laughs> My eyes aren't in the right place. I'm I not, violation. I violation. I, I'm just not focused, and and it shows. It's great effort, though. No. Great effort. <laughs> I did give effort. Good effort. <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. Oh, you got to throw up your you got to throw up your J's for Kane one time since we got to give Kane a throw up your J's. There you go. There we go. Mayhem. <laughs> right. Mayhem, baby. Love it. Have a good day, man. See y'all. See you, bub. I could. We could. I could talk about him forever. It's a pretty interesting take. That's that's it's a, that's it's, something that people are going to talk about if you're if efforts if efforts being questioned. And it's and like you said though, it's a pandemic, man. It's not it's not a um it's not unique to one place. And I mean, I've heard coaches, bunch of my buddies have like, dude, our loaves are up. And he goes, "There's nothing." I mean, you're it's just it's across everywhere. Yeah. And it doesn't make a difference until it's like the backside of a play. Like, guys not running to the ball. There's guys that break tackles, and guys could be knocked out of bounds for seven-yard gains. Instead, they're up the field for 25, 30-yard gains, stuff like that. 
What I'm interested to see with some of these teams as we get into the season, still September, right? I'm interested to see what happens to some of these teams when they lose two games, three games. Yeah. The if, guys, they, if they shut it down. The guys go, hey, I'm getting in the portal in a few months. This coach's getting fired. I don't know what's going on, but I, I ain't getting hurt. Yeah. You know, or I, I didn't get enough. Hey, they paid another guy. He, he ain't doing it. That kind of stuff. I want to see what happens when that attitude rolls around. You're going to find out. When we talk about culture and climate and all of those buzzwords. When you're winning, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You got problems, but everything's kind of fine. One loss, that's not going to set you back. One loss, nah. I mean, Alabama's not done because they lost to Texas. Uh, LSU wasn't done because they lost to Florida State. To use, go back to Arkansas for a minute. They're not done because they lost to BYU. But the challenge now is in the buildings, right? And you saw it with LSU. The enemy is amongst us. Yeah, you you either answer, you start figuring it out now, or it's or it spirals. Hundred percent. That's why I, I think. I, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it a lot this week. I think Saturday for Alabama is a huge game. <laughs> I mean, I think it's huge for the. For the climate in that building. Because even, <laughs> even for, for Nick Saban, who's the unquestioned GOAT, he's the best ever. He could never win another game, and nobody would ever say anything other than he's the best coach to ever coach college to football. To ever do it. But even he and his program, the process and all that stuff, I'm telling you, man, he's not immune to this. Well, nobody is. And so, well, he's been immune to it for a long time, but I don't think in today's climate he would be. You let them get off to two and two where people go, hey, you know, we're probably not we're probably not winning this thing. We're probably not going to the championship. We're probably not going to the playoff. Probably not that team. And you get the quarterback stuff and all that, man, it could get weird there where all of a sudden games on their schedule that you look at before the season and go, W. All of a sudden you're like, I don't know, man. Could go the other way. And it can go off the rails fast. And that's I I think that's the case. That's why I think it's a Again, not not doing not breaking this game down, but it's a big game for Ole Miss too. It's a really big game because LSU's next, and we talked all summer about what happens if you lose to Alabama and then lose to LSU. Can can you get a bunch of guys that came in as independent contractors? Everybody goes, oh, we got great chemistry now. You haven't lost yet. You haven't had any adversity yet. Adversity is not hey Tulane driving in the fourth quarter stops. Spare me. <laughs> That's not adversity. And you can't manufacture it either. You no, have to you wait, you have to wait for happen. it to come, right? It's got to happen. And when it comes, you'll see how you answer the bell. I, I just think it's a huge game for, for both of those teams. It's, it's uh, I mean, we're about to find out a lot. Like, you know, we talk, people talk about would Pittman be on the hot seat at Arkansas? The answer is if they lose four or five of these next games in a row, the answer is yes, absolutely. 100% on the hot seat because that's just the way it is now. So for them, I mean, they've got a trip to LSU this weekend, then they got Texas AM, then they got Ole Miss. I mean, it could get squirrely. And so you look around. You, it's why it's such a big win, as stupid as all the talk about Billy Napier was. The truth is the way it is, if you start piling up L's in the emotional process that is the season, weird decisions get made. I'll tell you what, this was a big win for him. I'm jumping around a minute because we're about to do our picks and we'll get into games. Neil Brown. Is that big what you to say? Well, it was a big win for him. It was a really big win for Elijah Drinkwitz. Big to beat Kansas State at home. We had a big crowd. Everybody showed up. 
That place was rocking. It was rocking. It was hey, packed for an 11 a.m. game. They I didn't showed know if you up knew that and they that, got to get that W. That's a hard place to play. I'm aware. <laughs> to get that W at Missouri for them was was big. That was a that felt watching it when it happened. Just my gut feeling was, boy, that's one he's going to be able to build on. Yeah. That's that's something he's going to be able to sell to kids. They've got a good NIL program going. They do that, and they just kind of weren't. Getting over the hump, that felt like, and look, they got to keep building on it, obviously. I don't even know who they have this week, Memphis this week. Um, they got to keep winning. You can't go blow it, but it felt like that was something that you could gain some traction off of if you're Missouri. Yeah, it's it's a funny year to where I feel like now being a, another year removed from coaching, I feel like in the media world and in the fan world, and maybe it's been like this the whole time. I was just unaware of it. Every week, we're like, oh, that guy's in trouble. Oh, he saved his job. Oh, he's in trouble. Oh, he saved his job. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of let's wait and see. Um, I'm not sold on Missouri. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that win is going to um, – because he could turn around. And, I mean, you got two 3-0 teams playing this week. Memphis is playing way above their head. Yep. What anybody expected going into the season. Now they had a tough, they had a close game. It was triple option. I throw that away, but they're still three and zero. I didn't throw it away. Yes, we'll get we'll to that in a minute. But anyway, but you see what I'm saying? Like if he yeah. he's in trouble too. What if he goes and beats Missouri this weekend in St. Louis? Then we're back to we're back to ground zero, right? So, all right, Neil, do you know what time it is? It is time to. Uh... Have our kind of come to Jesus Monday meeting where we talk about how we how we did, what we did right, what we did wrong. It's Tell the Truth Monday where you have to tell the truth. Yeah, might as well. Might as well dive into the truth. Let's dive into the truth. All right, Neil. For the second week in a row, Neil, yep. you have had an excellent, excellent college start to your season. I would like to commend you for that. Thank you. I'd like to just thank the little people and we're just we're just gonna continue. Are you getting help? No, we're gonna no, we are continuing to grind. That's what we're doing. We we are grinding and doing the best we can. I, I we, question, under, we we don't have five stars picking these games. Well, I'm we are we're some a of collection. We're a collection of three star talent. I question some of your picks to where if you had help or not. So I'm I'm. I mean, do I have? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna turn you into the NCAA. I mean, hey, if I, anyone I, has, anyone I do my has, re, I do my research. If anybody has evidence of Neil uh, cheating on his picks, please send an email to compliance at. McCradyandSiski.edu. You know, that's the kind of crap right there. Right there. <laughs> I have two things to say to you. One, I'm about to kick your ass. And two, I'd like to pray for you right now with a, a Bible verse. <clears throat> You're dirty. <laughs> My feet are clean now, though. I got a oh. pedicure on Saturday. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. I did. Don't say that out loud. It was awesome. Never done that before. Oh, it's a my, new experience. While we're talking about our Saturday, I'm going to... I got my buddy. I, I text him to see what it was called. So I had a bourbon or three, yeah, on um, Saturday afternoon at the Grove. Which look, I'm going to be dead serious here. Really doesn't get the doesn't get the credit it deserves. That was a good time. I really I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad as you awkward it. as it was for me to be there. It had to be. It was extremely awkward. Um, and I feel awkward. I don't like. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt awkward, but I really enjoyed it. A big thank you to the people who invited me. Um, they were uh, friends of the program. Okay, good. I went with some old friends friends. of this program or of friends the, of that program? Friend, friends of the Ole Miss program. Oh, okay. Um, that I've known for a long time, dating back to like 2012. 
Um, That's good. And had a really good time. Enjoyed that. Um, I had bourbon called Garrison Brothers. I don't know if anybody, I asked Neil earlier if he had had it. If anybody in the chat wants a great bourbon, and I'm not a bourbon guy, but that made me want to be a bourbon guy. I was like, this is, this is the good stuff. I've and, got bourbon if you want to come drink bourbon. You got good stuff like that? Yeah, I've got some good stuff. That was good stuff. Like, uh, as you reminded me, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably not cheap. So, so yeah. you get what I've you pay for. I've never heard of that one, so I don't know. I can't, I can't comment on the price point. Garrison, oh, this is what it looks like. Garrison Brothers. Okay, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what so, the price point on that is. Yeah. I'll research. It's good stuff. That. Good stuff. All right, Neil. So this week, my man Neil McCready went six and five overall. You had a four and two college slate. Yep. Hitting your second money line in a row. Way to go, Florida International, baby. FIU. So, Neil. The Fighting Mike McIntyres. You you are up 2.35 units for the week. Um, Overall, Neil, we're we're getting back to level. We're getting there. We just takes us a little time. We're like preseason. You're 12 and 16, but you're you're only minus 1.65 units because you've hit two money lines. Right. All right. Good. Went two and three in the NFL. Got two Went games two and three. after an zero and five. Two and three felt good. Yep. Oh, Ryan Wiggins says great. Uh, going to the Cooper Chevrolet chat. Ryan Wiggins says two hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents oh, a bottle. That is why good it's good. Yeah. Huge. That is why it's good. One gets what one pays for. <laughs> it was really good. I now feel bad that I have three of them. <laughs> I feel bad that you poured Sprite in one of them. But go ahead. That's it okay. was a, it was a sprinkle. Okay. It wasn't. That's let's right. don't get careless. Just a little splash. Yeah, it's just a splash. Okay. I did it straight and on ice and on the and all three. All right. Uh I also started out with a great Saturday. I went four and two and hit my money line as well. And then Sunday happened. And I went oh for freaking five in the national football. So league. let's quickly review our college yeah, picks. I'm who going, who, who, who got who got who got what? Who got all right, wrong? so we'll start with you. Uh your first loss, Memphis hosted yep, Navy. Yep. 28-24, which we talked about. That was just a weird game. Um Memphis had plenty of opportunities to run away with the game, and they just kept. They just could not, like, get it going. So uh, you had them at minus 13. They ended up winning by four, so we lose that one. Yep. Friday night, which I love this pick. I don't know why I didn't pick it. I I bet it personally, and I just screwed this one up on the picks. Uh, But you had the Quick U clients, Maryland Terrapins, minus 14 and a half, uh, hosting uh, Virginia on Friday night. And they – it was a close game for a while. A little while. They extended it out in the second half. I really like Maryland. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I like he, he's a lot. doing he's doing a really good job. Look, Mike Loxley and that whole staff up there they got they are extremely organized, extremely organized. Really like what they do, recruiting. Yeah, how they're organized, and he is one of the most underrated play callers in the business. Tungavaloa is not as good as his brother, obviously, which is different, a really high yeah. standard. But man, he's a, he's a good player and a smart player and tough as nails. He's a little bit more athletic. Um, Quick release, he's right-handed, obviously, which so it looks different, but has the same – what he does have the same is he has great vision, um, great vision on there. So he did he did very well there, uh, and they, they extended it out. All right, your third game, Neil, that you also won, you had the Penn State Nittany Lions minus 14.5 against the fighting Altmyers of Illinois, uh, and they win 30-13. to 13. Yeah, I had that one on uh, – so my Saturday, I, I got up. I went with uh, went with went with my girls to uh, to get a pedicure. <laughs> That's the third time you, you said it. <laughs> you texted me. 
you texted me and I'm like, hey, dude, I'm getting a pedicure. Leave me alone. I thought you were joking. And 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 then I came back, rode the Peloton, did LSU, Mississippi State. Um, I had to go to Ole Miss later, but I, I they wanted some wings. I smoked wings, and I did that while I watched Penn State, Illinois. Um, I'm interested in Penn State, Iowa this week, but Illinois got issues, lots of issues, lots of issues, lots of issues. Turn the ball over too much to and, be playing like that. And Penn State, Penn State, once they got rolling, it was they were rolling. I got I I got the. But I'm interested in Penn State moving forward. I like. That's, I'm, I'm interested. The under is probably going to be set at four this weekend, but I may take it. Won't be a lot of points. Won't be a lot of points in Happy scored in that Valley. Game. Yeah. Won't be a lot of points scored in that game uh, against Penn State and Iowa. All right, Neil, your third game that you won, Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights, hosted Virginia Tech. They were seven-point favorites against Virginia Tech, yep. and they beat the piss out of them, 35-16. Yeah, Rutgers – that was more Virginia Tech. It's two things. He's he's got a, he's got Rutgers playing his style of ball, that physical, yeah, where it's not fun to play them. They don't have super speed anywhere, but Virginia Tech, dude. You know what they do? They play hard. They do play hard. Virginia Tech. Hmm. Mm. 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 It's rough. See, people got to ask about that. What kind of job is that today? Right when you're one of these coaches out there, and this cycle starts cranking up, what kind of job is that today? And I don't know the answer. Great tradition and all that stuff, but they do have the best run out in the history of college football. It's really good, but that no, it's the scoreboard still says zero to zero when that's over. Was it since this was another complaint we had this week? What does it say at the start of the game? Does it say fifteen zero zero Q one? I've never heard that before. Yeah, and so. If I'm a if I'm a young coach, hot. I'm not talking about Kane. I'm talking anybody. I got to dig in deep on Virginia Tech before I r- run that risk. Yeah, they got ran through like shit through a tin horn. I didn't know if you knew that either. All right, Neil, your one of your losses on Saturday. Your only loss on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You had the over fifty five and a half Washington and Michigan State, and it they totaled forty eight. The yeah, Washington went got to forty-one-seven. Washington's. I had it on my screen in the press box. Washington felt bad for them and stopped. It, I resented that. They they stopped you eight points shy of, of a dub. They could have scored thirty-eight more if they wanted to. Yeah. He um, was he was being decent. And they have bigger games coming. I'm I'm very interested in Washington moving forward. Same. Very Same. interested. Really good. Like, you know, you talk to they people. They flash greatness. I talk to people who know is DeBoer. Is that his name? Yes. I can't think of his first name. Um, yes. People rave it's about him. I think so. I don't know. I DeBoer. Don't know. I know it's DeBoer. People rave about him who, who have worked with him and around him. They rave about him. And they, they have my attention. Yeah, no, they're, they're legit. And then, Neil, for your money line that you just knew the whole time, you had the fighting Mike McIntyre's, the FIU, quick you clients. Panthers. Yep. It was a roster rebuild through quick you on the road. They go and just really dominate the game. Yeah. Uh, UConn they, came back a little bit late and made they scored made, 10, 10 made it a little nervous, but but my guys my guys just like I knew they would. They just bowed up, stopped it, ran the clock out there at the end and celebrated a, a victory in stores. A big moment for the uh 
for the fighting Mike McIntyre's and for the fighting Neil McCrady's. Big, mo- big moment. Big moment. Look, all kidding aside, when they get good quarterback play, they're re- they, they are a legit good football team. Yeah. When their quarterback struggles, they struggle because they're really good, really good on defense. Um, they can run the ball. Um, but they have to have the quarterback's got to be dynamic. And when he plays Kalen well, DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer, what Kay. I said, Kevin, you said yeah. Kevin, you were close. That's close. I was thinking Caden, but it's got Kalen. the N and the A and the K, right? Um, but yeah, I, Mike's doing, um, a hell of a job down there and they're getting it rolling. All right, Neil, my college started off feeling really good on Saturday. Um, this game exactly went exactly like I thought it was going to go. Um, I had LSU minus nine and a half at Mississippi State, and, you know, I'm I'm all in because I I this is me personally. I think that Florida State is special, and I think LSU kind of shut it down late and that score got out of hand. I think LSU is a little closer to that. Um, I would not argue with you right now if you told me that LSU is the best team in the SEC. I would not argue with them. If we were doing our power rankings, I don't know if I wouldn't put them one. Um, I think they're really, really good. Um, and Mississippi State just could not get anything going because they couldn't attack downfield, which is mm-hmm. what you have to do yep. against LSU. Yep. They couldn't do it, and they got suffocated everywhere else. Um, and LSU, that was a, that was a dominated game. So LSU's got so much front seven speed, man. If you just try to dink and stuff against them, it just doesn't work. They just stress you, man. And then you, they had Perkins back at – you nope. can run on them a little bit, but you got to be dedicated to it. You got to and you got to be physical up front, and and they're a little susceptible on the back end. But you got to attack it. You you're not going to do it with just a little stuff. You got to go and if you don't have if you don't have receivers who can make separation and go up and make plays, it's going to be a long day. The two guys that they got that can play like skill wise that can play anywhere in the league is uh, Tulu Griffin. But he's a smaller guy. Yeah. And he's playing the slot. And then uh I like the running back marks. I like the running back marks too. He's but a he good just player. Couldn't get going. Well, and, and they just couldn't they couldn't and they they weren't willing to get dedicated to it either. And then when you fall that far behind, you gotta get away from it. And they started teeing off on him. Yeah, boy. It was yeah. ugly. That game got out of hand. Ugly. All right, Neil. I mean, LSU after a minute was like, ah, right, well, let's move moving along. And that's all that that's all that prevented that from getting nasty. Yep. That was a mismatch, my man. You don't see that a ton in the SEC like that, where a team just gets manhandled. That was, hey, if you're Mississippi State, that's a head-scratcher. Yeah, and they got to go to South Carolina. I'll be watching that game this weekend. Me too. We'll talk about that tomorrow and preview stuff. But uh, in the the Tyler Siski game of the century, where they were giving out free money. Yeah. I had Kansas State. Turns out it was monopoly money. (laughs) Turns out they were handing it to the other side. (laughs) Yeah. That's what they were doing. Um. First of all, uh, good game. I wasn't very entertaining game. Kansas State didn't ever really get anything. They they had some drives. Then they got away from what they were doing a little bit. Quarterback play was just eh. They never really. Yeah, he was fine. He's fine. Yeah. Um. Missouri wins a sixty-one yard walk off. Okay, sixty-one yard walk off. He popped that ball. You know, we talked about Eli, about how big of a game that was and all that stuff, and there were rumblings. Yeah. He was about this close to having an issue because they decided to get a delay a game. Turns a 56 into a 61. 
Like nobody's talking. That's that's what I'm talking about. Nobody wants to talk about. I did. Went, I talked about it this morning. I said, "Hey, look, if you're, I'm, I'm hoping because if he didn't, he's not a good dude." What I, I don't know what Mevis drinks. Buy but it. You better buy a nice bottle. Yeah. And I don't know where where Mevis likes to go to dinner. Buy it. But you either need to take him to that dinner, or you need to get call, him an nil. Call ahead. <laughs> call ahead and go. Hey, um, this one's on me. Just. No check. Just if that send me the check and put thirty percent on it, I'm good. If he misses, let's say that that falls short. Oh, by like a yard. Just say he hits it fifty nine yards. Fifty nine yards. Okay, and that falls short, and they go on to lose oh, that game in overtime. It's it's, it's, it's I mean, that's it's, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's it's crazy to me. So fine line. It's crazy to me. Those two games, the two games I'm referring to, right? This Missouri game. These are both fourth year guys. The fourth year is pretty critical now. If you don't have momentum in the fourth year, you're not guaranteed a fifth. And I was thinking about it when it was over. It was funny. Um, it was another podcast. And I'm trying to remember the name of it because I'll give them the credit. They they circled the Missouri game and the Arkansas game going into the week and said, two coaches who really need this. And whoever loses, if someone loses one of these, this is hot seat stuff. And I was like, at the time, I was going, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good point. And then as it unfolded, I'm like, yeah, you nailed it. He wins that game, and that cools it. And you're right. I mean, the kicker bails him, right? And then Pittman has a moment in the Arkansas game. It's 31 to 20, I think. I think Arkansas is up 11 or 10. 10 or 11? 10. Maybe, maybe it's 10. Anyway. They've got it fourth and about half a yard right at midfield. And they do the they, they they at first they called it a, a first down, but then they this plays under review, so they had time. And if you first time you saw a replay, you're like someone in the in the booth surely came, went down to the Arkansas sideline and said, "Hey, we're short. We got to figure it out. We're, we're, we're this is we're going to be a half yard short." And he runs that. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand this. <laughs> Coaches do this, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He runs that pistol play. With a snap it back, you need half a yard, and you snap it back five freaking yards, and he hands it to a running back who gets stopped. Yard short of the BYU gets the ball, momentum, scores. The rest of the night, they controlled the game. That half yard, that half yard's going to be big. It's going to be big. At the end of the season. And and so, yeah, it, it, the, the line is – the line between success and abject failure is sometimes so thin. Speaking of having such a thin line of failure and success, I had the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets plus 18. This was the other game I lost. Had them plus 18. And when Georgia Tech cut it to seven in the fourth quarter, I was feeling pretty good about my spread. And then um, Lane, that felt a little personal. (laughs) It did. It felt a little personal doing the old double moves in the four-minute offense. (laughs) Felt a little personal, but hey, I'm Look, convinced Lane knows the betting line. I don't know if he knows the betting line. I, I think that one was there was I, I I have a good feeling I know why he did that. I'll tell you off the air. Okay. I, but as soon as he did it, I was like, yeah, I was kind of thought this may be coming. So on the show, I said I was in line for a backdoor McCready. I got backdoored all right. Georgia Tech comes down and scores, cuts it to 18. We don't want to kick the extra point. We want to go. I, I don't know where they went to for two to cut it to a two-score game to make it 16. I get that. Didn't get the two-point conversion, so it's sitting right on 18. I was like, well, I'm going to push. Nope, not going to push because after the onside kick, Lane decided he still wanted Spencer Sanders in the game and handed the ball off, and Georgia Tech basically just 
let him through. Olay. It was a good run. It was a good run. But I was like, you got to be shitting me. So I got backdoored Siskiyed on that one because um, I tried to backdoor McCready. It didn't work. So they put the lube on me and got me with the back, backdoor Siski. <laughs> I mean, they just got me, man. So I was like, all right. So, um, but no, uh, that game, it was, it was interesting to watch. Like I said, you could see from where I was sitting, um, things I didn't see, you can't see on TV, like we talked about, the communication, Ole Miss defensively communication when shifts and motions occur has to improve. They cut, they cut some guys loose in coverage over it. Yeah. Um, especially on third down. There were some third down conversions that guys were in bad leverage because they didn't get lined up properly after communication. Um, really struggling on outside zone, fitting the run on outside zone. Backers are nowhere to be found on outside zone. They're either filling it wrong. Um, yeah, but they did some good things. Looking for third down. They had to be. They had to have a high third down conversion. Yeah, I'm looking here. Third down uh, conversion, Georgia Tech was 11 of 20. Yeah, a solid. It'll win you games. Yeah, and then two of two of five on fourth down. Ole Miss was five and ten on third, one of two on on fourth. And then the other thing from an Ole Miss perspective that I noticed, I think uh, Quinshawn Junkins is pressing. He's trying to hit a home run every play instead of letting everything filter out. Where you look at, is it twenty four the backup kid? When he gets in the game, he just kind of Bentley just mm-hmm. runs the play. Quinshawn's trying. He needs to be a little bit more patient. It looks like he's pressing a little bit, trying to make too much happen. Just let the offense come to him. He'll be fine. He's still him. He's still good. All right, Neil. Uh, my next game, which I hit, which we we touched with uh, Jeff, is I had the under uh, Florida-Tennessee game. I had the under at 58-and-a-half. Uh, it was 29-16, so it was very comfortably the under. Um, big takeaways from this, Florida, um, not dead and gone because like we talked about literally last week, I said, did we did – we, Right off Florida too early, and I'm not we did other people because I'm I've been getting crushed for my Florida takes. I just think the SEC is so down that Florida's going to end up winning some games. Um, that I think they'll go over their five and a half easy, um, especially with a win versus Tennessee. Yeah, um, you know the way they got it set up, they got Vandy, Kentucky coming up, they got Charlotte. I mean, you, they're they're going to be at five right there. Um, still get South Carolina, still South get Carolina, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Um, they should get some wins. They they should have some wins. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Defensively, they're good. Like we talked about, Graham Mertz was not terrible. He kind of functioned how he needs to function. Now, he did he do some crazy stuff? Yes. I'm not sitting there and go say he played a perfect game, but he managed the game a lot better than he did in Utah a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Being at home probably helped a little bit of that. Might show you um, that Utah's better than Tennessee, too. Yeah. And Tennessee's problem is this, really simple. They're trying to run last year's offense. They can't stay on schedule. They're not running the balls effectively. They're behind schedule. They're trying to go tempo too much. They're they're not getting the first downs to get it started. Um, and then the fight at the end of the game, that was started because Heupel called a timeout just to call a timeout. Like he's losing by – what are they? They're down – they're down 13 points with, with eight seconds to go. Yeah. And he called a timeout. Just – So I, I didn't like that. Um, but it is what it is. He actually apologized to Billy after the game. I so, heard him, yeah. So um, – but that was a little silly. All right, Neil. There was a trip that our good friend made. Do you know who made the trip? Um, the Joker made a trip. <laughs> Joker, uh, the Joker made a trip. Tyler always leaves every time we talk about Colorado. He's gone, and then suddenly, hello, Joker. 
Hello, Neil. <laughs> How was your trip to Boulder? Well, Joker. I heard that Tyler Siski had a really shitty week picking games, but the Joker is one and zero. Yeah, because the Joker. So should so, so should his pick? I mean, I don't think your pick should help him. That should. No, we we're a tag team partner. A tag team, okay. The Joker took Colorado State plus twenty three and a half, and had a super, super easy cover at nine o'clock on ESPN. And all of America, including their own fans, all of you fans out there that were supporting this guy, y'all were so quiet because you saw the fraud that was taking place in Boulder, Colorado. The fraud. They, they were so quiet. They were getting dominated by a Mountain West team. Dominated by a Mountain West team. The problem is that Barstool paid off the officials and Colorado State had 182 yards of penalties, four turnovers, went two for five in the red zone and missed when we're 0 for five in field goals and you still had to drive the length of the field just to send it to overtime. Frauds, pretenders. Just remember... This Saturday, you have a date with reality. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Neil, the Colorado State Buffaloes, <laughs> the Colorado Buffaloes, I don't even know your name. That's, that's how irrelevant you are. Nobody knows your name. The Oregon Ducks will roll this weekend. They will win the game by 74 points in Eugene, Oregon. And Deion Sanders will quit and resign immediately following the game. <laughs> Joker, were, were, were you a professional wrestler in a past life? Yes. <laughs> okay, makes sense. See you Thursday, Neil. See, see you Thursday. I feel like Gordon Soley now. I'm like doing doing interviews of professional wrestlers. Welcome, welcome back. Tom. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm great. All right, let's talk seriously about this. All right. Um, that was an easy cover. But here, here's like they they got dominated in the game. You had 182 yards of, of 182 yards of penalties and four turnovers, and Colorado State's 0 for 5 on field goals, and you were damn near down two scores in the fourth quarter. It was embarrassing. Like I don't want to hear anybody that votes for these guys in the top 25 is clueless. They're so lucky to win that game. Well, they're getting votes right now just because they're undefeated. Um, the the L's are coming, and the votes will dry up. The uh, the, the thing that bothers me about Colorado a little bit right now is just ESPN's love fest with it and it's new and it's Dion and all that and look it must be getting ratings because everybody's going back for more but it's just like hey can we slow the roll a little bit this is not they're not going 12 and 0 they're not going 10 and 2 chill a minute but I'll give them credit they came back and and they did find a way to win the game. I'll, gi- I'll give them yeah, that. No, they did that. I thought, I thought when I was – I got back, at, I guess they were going to the fourth quarter. I turned it on quietly in the living room. I was, I was wired. Um, so I was still working. I was downloading some video, kind of getting some stuff ready for Sunday. And um, I watched it. I mean, they, they made plays. And I, I thought they were beat until – they started driving. I'm like, oh no, they're gonna. And I knew if they scored, they were gonna get the two point play. And then I thought overtime favored them. But I, what it, it's just some of the some of the stuff is just kind of over the top. And it's like people are like, well, 
why, why are you anti Dion? I'm like, I'm not anti Dion at all. I just kind of feel like I know where this is going. And I know when you, it feels like this is what we do. We create all this hype. And the very same people three weeks from now are going to be saying, what's wrong with Colorado? And it's going to, well, nothing's wrong. It's the same. It is, it just, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, they, they, they were, they were fortunate to beat Colorado State and, it won't be un, it won't be disfortune or unfortunate or whatever the word is when they lose to Oregon and USC and Oregon State and Utah and those because those L's are coming. So most everybody was asleep probably in America except for me and you because you had to work and I was I'm sick and sadistic like that. So he became I think if my if I've I mean I, I did a lot of research trying to find this and I, I came up with this I'm pretty sure that that was only the sixth time in the history of mankind that they took that a, uh, that a team took the ball first. I know Houston did it one time in like 2020, and then somebody else did it. So the coin toss happened. Colorado yep. wins the toss. He looks at Shador Sanders, and he goes, I want the ball. It blew the official away. It blew Colorado State player away. And he was like, uh, uh, and the Colorado State player jumped in and goes, he said he'd take the ball, right? Awesome. We're, we got, the, we'll take this in right here. Well, the mistake was, is now the, the second overtime works. Well, it's Colorado State's choice. Right. So they're going to pick defense both times. And when asked about it in the press conference, that was weird to me. I was like, what just happened? Okay. I was like, he messed up. When asked about it in the press conference, he said, well, I just wanted to put pressure on him. Like that's, oh, that's a fan talking. That's a fan talking. Right. That's, that, that's, Zero logic, okay, behind that. And then this is where if you want to be entertained, go listen to the press conference. All right? I want to make sure I give him credit. Peter Ball from The Athletic, shouldn't he's a hockey reporter that was some reason he's from Denver. I guess they sent him down because he was the closest guy to cover this game. Asked one of the craziest questions I've ever heard in a press conference. He asked Dion why – in the second overtime, did you decide to go for two? Why, in the second overtime, did you decide to go for two? And I'm looking at him like, what are we doing? Like, athletics, send somebody to cover a game that knows the rules of college football. Because this guy apparently has been covering hockey the whole time and has no idea. Because in the only answer that should have been provided, the only answer would have been, well, in the second overtime in college football, you have to go for two. That should have been the only answer. But no, that wasn't the answer. He says, well, you know, we got, we got cards that, you know, based on the points, we got cards and charts that tell us what to do based on, based on points. He doesn't know the rules of overtime. He doesn't know the rules of overtime. and He's coaching a college football team. He knows them now. Like, what are we doing? And nobody followed up. Nobody's talking about it. So they won. If that was... It's because they won. If that was Lane Kiffin or Billy Napier or... Uh, I started to say Mel Tucker, but he's not there anymore. If that was Mike Loxley, if that was anybody that did the same thing, they would have the media would have gone after This them. is kind of my point. And because they won, though, nothing happened. Had they lost, they would have gotten them. And I'm, just mark my words. When they lose some games, suddenly one of the talking head... It's because they found that Dion gets clicks. Yeah. Dion gets eyeballs. He does do that. But once once the L's come, hey, what's what's wrong? Has Deion Sanders lost his edge? It's like, no, he doesn't have the same kind of players as these other teams. I mean, they've done look, to be three and oh with the issues they have on both lines of scrimmage is it's a testament to the coaching staff that he's put together. He's got good coaches. I, I really like Sean Lewis. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but they, I mean, they, there were some, I mean, how do you answer the question? Just don't, I mean, like, golly. And it's there for the whole world to see. Feel free to look it up on YouTube. He answers the question. I'm like, that's, he doesn't even know the rules of the overtime. That's, I, I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, um, also there's a lot of people today taking, and I, I, I have a tough time with this, with this part. There was a, basically a whole shot in cover two thrown to Travis Hunter early in the game. And the, the kid from Colorado state, it was a, it was late, late. Yeah. And he gets a 15 yard penalty for it. Okay. Yeah. Hunter suffered a lacerated kidney, by the way. We'll, yeah. We'll miss it, several weeks. I mean, stroked. It was, it was <clears throat> a dirty hit. How is, that's what's wrong with targeting that guy right there. That's an ejection, right? That guy should have been ejected from the game, except it's a 15-yard penalty. But a guy trying to make a good play that just grazes somebody's helmet gets thrown out of the game. That's what's wrong with that rule. Yeah. Like, he should have been ejected. Instead, he gets a 15-yard penalty. And a guy trying to make a good play, you know, hits, gets the helmet, you know, somebody ducks or whatever and gets thrown out for targeting. They need to, re, they need to relook at some of those rules on that. Uh, I told you, by the way, how much. I won't spend any time on this because we're, we're, we're pushing time yeah, already. Yeah, um, I hate the college overtime rules. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they are bad. I hate them. They're not the worst out there in any sport, but they're pretty bad. They're really bad. High they, school football's bad. They take the football out of the game. You t- if, 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 suddenly, this, the game's just two phases. Well, the game's three phases the whole game, and not it's two phases. I can't stand it. It's like I don't like Major League Baseball's rule. I know it's meant to expedite things, but starting in the 10th inning, you've got a runner on second. Nobody out. Every inning. I hate that. Still like it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, NFL. The NFL has overtime <clears throat> closer to right. Although I don't like the NFL overtime. I don't like that. So you win a coin toss, and if you drive down the field and score, ball game. They just changed it for the playoffs, but not regular season. Yeah. I, I don't like that. So the playoff is a different game than the regular That's season? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, according to the NFL. And then, uh, so you get a play like in the Lions game at the end of that game where you put it in the officials and the officials swallow their whistle. That was a big play. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was held. That shouldn't, that the, the touchdown that won the game for Seattle should not have been a touchdown. That I was, agree. That was a hold. And so, I'm not even talking about our picks. It's just, it was a hold. I am. And so, you know, instead of Seattle either having to make a play or settle for a field goal and Detroit getting an opportunity, it's ball game. It, it, I don't like it. Uh, my last college game, I'm not going to talk about it, but I had UNLV. I'm picking on my Vanderbilt Commodores. UNLV held, holds up, gives me a plus 170 win at home versus the terrible Vanderbilt Commodores. All right, Neil, NFL. Uh, we both had the Lions minus four and a half, the game we were just discussing. Um, they just didn't – like once Montgomery went out, yeah. they kind of lost flow yeah. offensively. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs is not the guy that can push it up in the, in the middle like Montgomery could. They even – didn't they started playing other people, you yeah. know, trying to get that. Really got away from their identity. They did quick. Um, but they they lose at home to the Seahawks. I have no idea how that happened. That that one shocked me of all of them. Maybe you don't cover. I get that, but to lose the game outright, that one was that one was tough to take. Neil, your second game, you also lost mm-hmm. our beloved Cincinnati Bengals. Three and a half point favorites. Not looking good. Not looking good. He's just I, playing hurt. He's man. hurt. It doesn't look right. He's hurt. I don't know. You know how it's a calf injury, right? But yeah. the ball's not coming out of his hand with the same juice that it has. And that doesn't make – that's not a calf. Like something else is wrong with the guy. I don't know. I think the calf's really bothering him. Yeah, it, but that doesn't start – that doesn't affect your velocity like it's yeah, being affected. I just, 
I don't know. He's just not healthy right now. And he's, showing, get, and he's getting hit a lot. Not healthy, and he's getting strokes. Yeah. Um, but the only good thing that happened yesterday is I have Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews on my fantasy team, and they connected for a touchdown, which gave me 11 points. So I'll, t- I'll tell you this. When, when Jackson is healthy and so effective with his feet, there were times that Cincinnati had it defended really well, and he just extends the plays and gets the first down. The problem for that, and we've seen it year after year, is when you run him that much – you're running the risk, and he gets hurt. And then once he gets hurt, their their offense is not not the same. A.K.A. Anthony Richardson. Tape. He got hit a lot, and they got to work on it. But boy, he does some things. I mean, he he. he I was, wish they would he stop. Was good yesterday. Him. I was laughing about this the other day. I wish they would stop calling them dual threat quarterbacks. Because if you can't throw, you're still just you're just a running quarterback. Right. <laughs> you're, you're not dual threat because you can't throw. Right. And that leads us into our next game. Your Chicago Bears, with the running quarterback of the Chicago Bears, went down and took on my favorite, Baker Mayfield. Easy you money. took the Buccaneers minus three and a half, two and a half, and that was stealing. Easy money. Justin Fields is terrible, dude. It's, it's not going to work. The dude, the dude threw a pick six on a screen from his one-yard line. It's not going to work. It's from not. his one-yard line. It's not. If you're the, if, so if you're the Bears, it's soul-searching time. <laughs> I mean, you there are there are two quarterbacks coming out in this draft at a minimum who are NFL dudes. Caleb Williams, Drake May. You don't have a quarterback. You can't win in this league without a quarterback. Just can't do it. Nope. Doesn't happen. It's time for them to eat it. Eat it. Dude. You got to, you got to tank from here on out. You got you you oh, got. They don't have to try. Well, you got to move on from him. You you. There's no reason to spend a lot more time trying to develop Justin Fields. It's not going to happen. That's bad, dude. In in it's it's a quarterback league. If you don't have one, you have no chance. With no exception, you have to have quarterback play in the NFL. Period. <laughs> Does it frustrate you as a as a Bears fan? I mean, where's your frustration level? One to ten? Yeah. I mean, as a Bears fan, and I'm not much of a Bears fan. Carson's a much bigger Bears fan than I am. What's Carson's frustration level? To the point that he doesn't watch it. He's not interested. Eleven? Yeah, he's he's over it. He's disinterested because that that that's not competitive. I agree. It's 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 hopeless. It's not it's not Richardson where you go. You know what? He does some things. He got some stuff he got to fix. There's no flashes. Yeah, there's nothing. You 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 watch. I mean, name me some young quarterbacks. I mean, they're just kind of across the league. There's, there's just dudes, right? When, you, when you've got them on your team, you're like, well, you know, you can convince yourself. You know, we got a shot. Got a shot today. Like if you're, you, you got Tua, you got a shot. You got Herbert, you got a shot. Even though they lost yesterday in Tennessee, you, you got those people. You've got a shot. When you're throwing out there with Justin Fields, you're not winning. You're, you're, you're not a Super Bowl contender in any shape, form, or fashion. No matter what else you do with the roster. All right, uh, another dub you had last night, the Dolphins. You had them at minus three. I actually, um, because of my day was going so great yesterday, I, I took them at uh, – I gambled irresponsibly and doubled unit on the – or unit and a half on uh, the Dolphins. I got them at one and a half last night, and mm-hmm. they easily covered. The, the score was 24-17, but that game was never felt that close. They, yeah, I they, didn't see any of it, but I, I did – I will give the Patriots credit. They wore amazing uniforms. They did. 
They did do that. They just uh, Dolphins were you know without some guys on defense, and they, they they played well. They stopped the run. They got gutted the week before that in the run, even though they won. Um, Dolphins got it going, man. When two like he when he's on, dude. When Tua is their quarterback, they are a legit contender for sure. All right, and then and one of the weirdest games of the year that um, I actually bet with you yesterday and lost this game as I needed some help in the afternoon. You almost covered. You had the Giants minus four. They come back and win thirty-one to twenty-eight. They were down twenty-eight to maybe it was twenty-eight to seven, maybe twenty-eight one, twenty-eight nothing, twenty-seven twenty-one nothing, whatever it was. They literally have were outscored like sixty to zero in the first six quarters of football. And they decided to come back and play football, um, come back and win the game 31 to 28, score 31 points in the second second half. Um, news out of this one is Saquon Barkley, who I have on my fantasy team, gets hurt literally on the next to last play of the game trying to run out the clock, gets rolled up. It was nasty the way yeah, he got rolled the way up. He, yeah, I was it was watching. bad. I was like, oh, that's bad. Uh, but they said it was just a regular ankle sprain, so I don't imagine he will play Thursday. They have a short week versus the Forty uh, ers But this is from um, this is from Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants for uh, NorthJersey.com. He was Dateline Tempe's. So he was out there. He says the team is cautiously optimistic that Barkley avoided serious injury. It's initially believed the Giants' star running back has avoided one. Several individuals within the organization cautioned the team does not know for certain the extent of the ankle. Barkley hurt. Blah blah blah. Uh, x-rays on site were negative and did not reveal any fractures but the scans that are forthcoming will tell a more complete story of what barkley is uh is dealing with brian dayball said this morning he is quote hopeful about the seriousness of barkley's injury but is currently being evaluated in arizona the team will wait to see what the testing reveals they play thursday night in san francisco no he won't play thursday but but he may what are you doing right there do you stand you don't run the ball right there. If you're eating clock and you're making them take timeouts, you just down it, right? Well, if they got a, I think if they got a first down, they could have ran the entire thing out. Yeah, I think. I guess. I, I was in a couple when that was happening yesterday. All right, Neil. Uh, my wonderful NFL picks uh, that I struggled on. Obviously, um, I had the Jaguars uh, plus three and a half. They had their chances, dude. They had their chances to easily cover this game and even win it. They lose seventeen to nine. Uh, they just didn't get it done. They got to – if they want to take that next level, and they have enough talent uh, to do that, if they want to take the next level, they got to learn how to finish the game versus really good quality opponents. And they're not there right now. That was probably the biggest takeaway from yesterday. They you know, they had the ball down there, ready to score, try to go for two, to tie it. They didn't convert. Um, that's just – at the end of the day, lose that game covering, but they, they had their chances to not only cover but to win that game outright yesterday and did not do that. Um, I had the – Los Angeles Chargers minus three against the Titans. Another, the Los Angeles Chargers stole defeat from the jaws of victory in that game. They had it covered, the whole deal. They had every chance to score at the end and cover. They didn't. Same story as like watching the same game between the Jags and the uh, Chargers. Um, look now, our boy out at San Diego, if he doesn't get it turned around quick, yeah, I know. He, he's on the super hot seat. Yep. Because he's got, they have to win now. Their window is very small right now. They have to take advantage of it. That'd um, be an interesting opening. That would be. Yep. Because you'll get some suitors on that one. Yeah, a lot of people would be interested in the Chargers gig. Get to go to L.A. You get Herbert. Yeah, I would. I mean, that's, be, int- be an interesting, interesting sp- spot. All right, and one of the 
the Neil McCready screw job that I took. GJG, I'm sure he's in here just just circling, waiting for this one to come out. Um, I took the Packers minus one on Thursday against the Falcons. The line moves to Packers plus three, so I took it on Sunday morning when I made my bets for Sunday on Sunday morning. So I actually won the cash bet because I had them plus three. They lose 25 to 24 on a walk-off. Arthur Smith's trying to get himself fired, trying to get himself fired. I don't understand this, and I, I get that we're trying to be cute. Um, he, you talking about taking people out to dinner? He should, like, just take Bijan Robinson and go, Bijan, I love you. You're so great. I love you, Bijan. You're such a great player. I think I that love would you. creep Bijan out a little bit. Well, he bit. needs to because the guy goes for it on fourth and short. Just kick the field goal, man. He's trying. These coaches try to get too cute in the NFL. We got to run it down. I think they think they get an extra win if they run it as close as they can to zero and kick it in the walk off field goal. Like he had fourth and I don't know fourth and yard from like the fifteen or sixteen, and went for it instead of kicking the field goal with like whatever time was left. Like it was a minute and change, whatever it was. And I get the deal that hey, we're gonna let this guy back in it, but they had kind of. Jordan Love, as good as he was, he's looking and doing things. He kind of – they kind of found it, figured him out. And um, they didn't. They ran it down. They ran it down to like 30 seconds or whatever it was, and uh, they did not cover for the Thursday's picks. And the last game, Neil, at the New York Jets, plus eight, I believe, plus nine we had for the show. That didn't matter. Um, yep. They got dominated. Um, they were just – I don't know. They couldn't run the ball, and then that's Dallas, one thing. Dallas, Dallas is good right now. That's one thing Dallas has struggled on in the past is running the football. Well, they didn't struggle on it the other day. They they got after him pretty good. Had the only touchdown they had. They had they called him in man, and the guy ran a good slant and threw it behind somebody and and got him on a long run, Garrett Wilson. But um, Cowboys look really good right now. Yeah, they do. Really good. They do. All right, um, wrapping it up here, Neil. Tonight we have a double header starting. I think it's at six after six today. Yeah, that's right. Um, we got the New Orleans Saints minus three going to the Carolina Panthers. The total is 39 and a half. I am going to bet the under. I'm taking under 39 and a half. Um, I think the Saints are good on defense. I think the Panthers are good on defense. Divisional game at home. Um, if I was to take the original spread, I would take the Saints minus the three. Um, this is a really good defense. Bryce Young's just he's going to step up. A level from what he saw last week. Two divisional games to start off with, but um, I think it's a low-scoring game. I'm taking the under at 39 and a half tonight. This is not for a competition. Just letting everybody know. And then the uh, the Cleveland Browns are going to uh, Pittsburgh tonight, and the Browns are favored by two. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm probably going to take the Steelers outright on this one. I think the Steelers went outright at home. Oh, yeah. Um, divisional game at home. I don't think they're going to start off 0 and two. Home game. I think they got some things to prove. The total is at 38 and a half. I'm not messing with that one, but I'm definitely taking – I will take the Steelers and the points, but I'll probably end up taking the money line on that. That's all I got today, boss. I will I will not take either game. Really? No, I will just I'm, – I'm, I'm a little interested in both. We'll see. I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of – I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I, I got – I've got – it's Monday. Monday's a work day. I still got a notebook to write. Still got another story to write. I might turn it on for background a little bit, but I'm going to try to get done. That's my goal. Remind me tomorrow when we preview, we do our preview tomorrow and we get to the Ole Miss-Alabama game. Remind me to say something about the Lane Kiffin press conference remarks and Nick Saban press conference remarks. Okay. Because we don't have time today. Okay. Hey, we'll, we'll dive into it tomorrow. We'll preview 
Uh, we'll dive into a, it's a really big slate of college games, full slate of college games on uh, Saturday. A lot of big games all over the country. Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC, a lot. So we'll, we'll get into all of that on uh, Sunday. I mean, on Tuesday, I should say, on uh, the next edition of McCready and Siski. Again, our big thanks to our friends at Rain. Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. I want to thank everybody in the Cooper Chevrolet chat. And reminder, during September, you can get 3.9% financing for 72 months on new Chevy Silverado crew cabs and no payments for 90 days. Go to cooperchevrolet.com for details. For Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening. Take care.